Welcome to the Purple Fish Podcast. This is Mark Wilson. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing how to lead change and to navigate transition. Because change is an inevitable, inevitable part of leadership. You cannot move forward unless you change something. Change is a fact of life. And when you're done changing, you're through. Hey, even if you don't want to change, you're going to change. Like one time uh, I used to travel through a little town and this little town never wanted to change. They kept everything exactly the same. And over about 30 years, I would travel through this little town about once or twice a year. And I noticed that even though they didn't make any changes, they still changed. They changed by decay. They changed by death. They changed by abandonment. So there was still change. So the, the thing is, uh, there's always going to be change. The question is, what kind of change do you want to have happen? Do you want uh, a change that is intentional, that moves things forward? Or are you just going to change by decay and death and dry rot? I mean, change is just a natural fact of life. Even your skin cells, um, they, they, you're shedding them all the time. Even as I have been talking, you've already shed several thousand skin cells just, just in this brief um, couple of moments. So since it's a fact of life, that means it's not a problem. I mean, because facts of life aren't problems. They're just facts of life. Uh, but, but when it becomes a problem is in the emotional reaction to change. So change is the event. Change is the thing that happens. Transition is the emotional processing of that change. It's how we deal with the change. And the challenge here is people don't like change very much. <laughs> I don't like change. Mark Twain said, um, the only one that likes change is a baby with a wet diaper. But yet change is inevitable. Actually, there is a kind of change I do like. I like change when it's my idea, when it's my change. So like when 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 I change something about our house, for instance, I like it. But when my wife changes something about the house, I don't like what she did because it was her idea, not my idea. So we, we like change when it's our own idea. So So we can be the leaders of change, but we have to bring people along through the transition. When people are processing change, they react to it. I mean, there's always a reaction. There, there's always somebody that's against it. I, I've never seen a, a change happen as a pastor. We had lots of different things. We added staff. We built buildings, stuff like that. And every single change we made, somebody got upset about something along the way. Because what happens is, like, there's this uh, drum of oil, uh, which is called the way you do things, the status quo. And when you change, you flip that oil can upside down, and then you rip off the lid. And all the sludge that has gone to the bottom of the oil can is now at the top. And so it, eventually it settles down and everybody gets to a new normal. But that's really what's going on. And so when people react to change, um, th th there are these emotions that kind of come into it. There's anxiety, there's sadness because they have to actually say goodbye to something. You almost have to mourn something. Um, sometimes there's discouragement and even, even anger and lashing out. And one thing I've also noticed is that stress is the great intensifier 
of transitional change. And when you're in change, people get stressed. And when they're in stress, everything gets magnified. So whatever just bothered you a little bit during the change time, it bothers you a lot. Um, whatever you were willing to put up with beforehand during change time, you're not going to tolerate it anymore. And so this this just amplifies everything, your sadness, your frustration, your your worry, your concern, whatever, it gets amplified. And so what you need to do um, in this, when, when a change is happening that's maybe beyond your control and it's not your idea, um, you, you need to figure it out. Right? And, and there's basically three ways, three ways that we respond to change. We either, we either work it out or we're going to act it out or it's going to break out. So when you have immense stress in your life and you have this emotional stuff in the transition and it's just brewing inside of you, that pressure has got to come out somehow. And, and so sometimes people act it out and the way they act it out is through their behaviors and things. Sometimes it's, it's in being combative and controversial. Sometimes people act out in ways that are, that are really self-destructive, like maybe with alcohol or drugs or, or the, this is where some um, ministry leaders have gotten themselves into trouble with, with sexual immorality. It was during times like that. They're acting it out. Or sometimes it breaks out and it breaks out into depression. It can break out um, into um, like ulcers or, 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 or just uh, like just in, intestinal issues and or stomach aches and headaches, migraines. It, it, can, it can break out like that. But the, the healthiest way is to, to work it out. And that's to process it through process it through with with somebody that you trust be able to speak it speak it in a safe place where you can actually identify what it is that's troubling you and 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 process through what the new reality is going to be now the thing is to remember um let's say that you're in a change situation and it wasn't your idea so you're experiencing tremendous um, pressure and anxiety and stress over this change. Um, it's, it's good to remember um, just to pause and, and take a deep breath and try to let the whole thing percolate and realize, realize this, that you are not sentenced to Siberia. You're, you're not in the gulag. Like this is not a life sentence for you. I mean, it's possible for you to be able to leave. You, you can go, you can actually go and it's okay. It's okay. Um, the question you got to figure out is when is it time to go? And when is it time just to suck it up and stay there and to, to grow? And uh, if you're going to stay, um, my, my suggestion is that you just need to reimagine, reboot, reorder, reorganize, recommit yourself to the place. This, this takes an actual act of surrender, a, a death and a resurrection, if you will, that, that I'm going to give up whatever I had expected it was going to be. And it's this other thing. And so I'm just going to live into to that. The question is, when, when is it time to, to go? When, when, when should you just say, okay, I, I, it's time to go. Well, like Kenny Rogers said, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, <laughs> know when to run, right? So, you know, God might be calling you elsewhere. It might be time to go. 
if other people are confirming that for you. So seek some balanced wisdom in this. Look for someone that you respect, someone without a vested interest to keep you there or for you to leave, um, a spiritual leader, somebody who loves you very much and loves you most, someone who knows you really well, maybe, or, or a counselor can do that too. And you just process the whole, this whole thing. What is God doing in my life right here, right now? It might be time to go when you've lost your vision for the work. And that's how I knew it was time for me to leave Hayward, even though I love my church, Hayward Wesleyan. I had been there 26 years, but but I had lost my vision for it. And I wanted to get it. I tried to go get it. I tried to come up with a vision. But the problem is when you just come up with a vision, that's called hallucination. That's not a vision. Vision means to see. And God gives the vision. And when there is not a vision, when you do not see the vision, it may be because God wants somebody else to fulfill a vision. And that's why um, that's why you are not getting it. And so maybe that means it's time for you to leave. When you've lost your passion for the place and for the people. And, and when you don't love them like you used to, you can either uh, re reignite that and ask God to stir up that heart and that passion for the place and the people, or maybe it's God calling you elsewhere. Um, when you've experienced a decreasing grace, my good friend Jerry Pence taught me this one. He said, sometimes, he said, um, in our lives, uh, God gives us grace for stuff that we wouldn't normally enjoy doing like grace for things that would normally irritate us or annoy us or frustrate us. But for what he's calling us to, he gives us grace for that. But there are times in our lives where the, the grace decreases because God is amping down that grace to make it a little more uncomfortable for us so we would be more willing to say yes to his calling elsewhere. Just like when the mama eagle starts taking the feathers out of the nest to force the baby eaglet to fly, to actually get out of the nest and fly. That's what decreasing grace is like. It might be time to go when staying is detrimental to the work. But you know, if you stayed, you're only going to lead the thing downhill. And if that's the case, you owe it to them to, to uh, turn in your resignation and tackle another mountain. It might be time to go when, when a bunch of your energy, maybe most of your energy is spent sideways. Instead of, of moving the thing down the field, you're, you're trying to battle you know, power struggles and control issues and, and, and these petty little sideways kind of things that are really difficult. It might be time to go when the environment is is toxic sometimes there are certain environments that are toxic and poisonous to your soul and and the same environment might not be toxic to one person but toxic to somebody else depending on your personality and stuff like that like a fresh water is toxic to a saltwater fish and 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 saltwater is toxic to a fresh water fish and if you happen to be a saltwater fish in a freshwater or vice versa, maybe you need to find the environment where you can actually thrive. So it's it's it might be time to go when you can't be the, the best version of who you are, or maybe when it's detrimental to your family. Your family members are the most important parishioners that you have. And so if if staying is really hurting your home and your family and your marriage and stuff, that might be God's indicator that it's time for you to go. And when it damages your soul, 
when staying would actually create soul damage for you, it might be time for you to go. And when when you lack the willingness or the capacity or energy to make the changes necessary to take it to the next level, that might be. Now, let's unpack this just for a minute. I just said willingness, capacity, or energy. These three things are true for ourselves. We can also ask them of our team around us. Do they have the willingness? Do they have the capacity? Do they have the energy? We need all three of these things aligned for things to move move forward. If somebody has the willingness and the energy, but they don't have the capacity, it's not going to happen. If they have the willingness and the capacity, but they don't have the energy, you're going to be disappointed. You need to have all three. If they have the capacity and energy, but they're not willing, they're, they're going to be bumps on the log and they're going to be dragging against you and you'll spend all your time in sideways energy. And it might be time to go when they tell you it's time to go. When they say, um, God loves you and has a special plan for your life, but it's not here. <laughs> well, if it is, if it is, then my, my thoughts for you is this. Uh, if you're going to go... Uh, be responsive, but not reactionary. Respond with grace, dignity, respect. Make it your aim that you're going to speak well of the people around you that you are leaving. Don't, don't talk bad about them. You go with blessings and don't burn bridges. But maybe, just maybe, it's not time for you to go. It's just time for you to stretch and grow. I would suggest don't quit on a Monday. You know, don't quit on a Monday where being a Walmart greeter sounds like a whole lot better than being a pastor. Don't quit after uh, after uh, an exhausting church service that went bad. Uh, Arch Hart talked about adrenaline letdown day, which was Monday. He said, don't make major decisions on adrenaline letdown day. Don't, don't quit after a bad board meeting. I mean, they're going to be bad board meetings. Don't quit then. And don't quit just because a couple of snarky people are creating trouble for you. I, I, I have a pastor who told me after he left, he said, you know, I left because of three people. There were three negative people and he had a church of a couple hundred and three negative people drove him out of the church. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't just let three small minded people drive you up. Don't quit in a huff. Like if you're mad, that's not time to quit. You pray to peace, you pray it up, give it to God. And once your heart is at peace, then you know it's still time to go, then go ahead. But don't just like quit because you're throwing a fit or a tantrum. And and, and don't quit um, if the job is stretching you. If it's stretching you. And transition is, has a way of stretching us. It really stretches us to a new place. And there is such a thing as being overstretched. And then that becomes toxic and all of that stuff that I talked about earlier. But just because it's a challenge doesn't mean you should quit. The, your first thing is, can I stretch to this? Can I reach to this? Can I become the kind of person that needs to be um, to fulfill this, this situation? And don't quit too soon. There's a guy named Russell Conwell who had a famous speech called Acres of Diamonds. He told the story of Ali Hafed, who had heard about diamonds and how wonderful diamonds are. So he sold his farm and he went on a search for diamonds, but he couldn't find any. He ended up uh, dying penniless, broke far, far from his home. But the people that bought his farm, they were digging around one day and they found uh, they found a little stone that seemed to sparkle. And sure enough, the very farm that Ali had sold to them was a diamond mine. It became um, the home of one of the world's greatest diamond mines. The diamonds were right beneath his 
his feet, but he was looking for them elsewhere. And the joys that you're looking for, the beautiful things, they may they may be right underneath your feet. So don't think that the grass is greener um, on the other side of the fence. Irma Bombeck says sometimes the grass is just greener over the septic tank. Well, I hope this is helpful for you as you navigate transition and try to figure out, okay, is this thing something that I'm supposed to buckle down and grow in? Or is it something that God is calling me to, to fly and to go elsewhere? And as a pastor over many years, I had to process that question over and over and over again. But the last time I, I knew, I knew that I knew. And so I, I that's why I made my change to Southern Wesleyan University. I hope this is helpful for you as you navigate the transitions in your life. God bless you.